Welcome to the Dog Mum Mindset Podcast, the place where we talk dogs, behaviour, your lifestyle and everything in between. I'm Lauren Hewitt-Watt and I'm the host today and today is going to be a solo episode and one that I literally just thought of this morning. Um, It's something that I heard on another podcast. It was somebody talking about lazy girl tips for, I think it was nutrition that I was listening to and I thought what a great idea for a podcast. Now, The reason I think it's such a good idea is because a lot of dog training and behavior and things to do with our dogs uh, can be quite involved. They can seem like they take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of input. We need to spend huge amounts of time and energy doing it. And sometimes that's the case. So some behavior problems, they do need specific ways of looking at them and to build and layer foundations in a really slow but steady way. But I also think there are other ways where we can actually take some really quick tips and make some really quick changes whilst remaining relaxed and happy and lazy. So I wanted to go straight into it and just to say lazy in my world is not a bad thing. So I work very hard, but I also really like to enjoy my downtime. So lying in bed or reading by a swimming pool or sitting on the sofa with a packet of crisps and a book is my idea of heaven. So these tips are going to be absolutely brilliant for you because they work really nicely for me and Alto. So the first tip I'm going to start with is that you can use treats as much as you want to and I think there's this big misconception that we actually need to start phasing out the food and we need to stop giving them food to get them to work for us now in some cases and of course yes we do want to and it does look and feel really nice when you can get your dog to do things when they're not working for food but dogs are always motivated by something we always have some kind of motivator and using toy play we can use and also using um, access to resources there's lots of different ways I'm not going to go into them But I always take food out when I go out with my dog because it is just so much easier. If something comes up, you can just use your treat, just get their attention and avoid a situation. So I tend to use it if I want to avoid something. So for example, um, if a dog's coming towards me and I think, do you know what? I just don't really want this interaction to happen with him and Alto. I can help by using the treats to distract Alto away. And this is Alto's 10. I've worked as a dog trainer for many years. Um, He can do lots of things without needing food and and do all this flashy stuff. But I still would say a really easy thing is just get into your head that you don't need to get rid of the treats. You don't need to get rid of the food. You can use it. You can rely on it. You can use it as your crutch if you want to, um, because it just makes things so much easier. And I'm not saying that you have to never teach your dog to not work for food. So obviously, I love to see nice bits of training, but it's just to say, take that expectation away. And it can be much much easier on a walk for any dog to just have some treats and you can say here you go take this instead now the next tip is kind of moving on from this as well so what I normally do is a really easy tip is to just have something that your dog absolutely loves so it's best to have it in a packet because it's just easier to just pick them up rather than rummage around in the fridge but I would find something your dog absolutely loves and again just take those out on a walk just have them um, as part of your equipment that you take out so you know that again if you're getting to that situation where you're walking past the dogs that always bark at you and your dog and then it causes them to react back and it turns into a massive thing you can say do you know what I'm just going to get these really high value things out and I'm just going to distract you past because again okay that's not necessarily teaching the situation but it's definitely not making it worse it's making a nice positive association and it just is so much easier to have that as something that you can do when you're not in the mood to train you're not in the mood to get to the right distance do counter conditioning and all of the things that you need to do you can just say right we're going to just use these to distract you past so yes taking out something really high value is an excellent idea. Now I kind of touched on this tip 
But one thing that I always use, my favorite way to train, is by using a lure. So for anyone that doesn't know, a food lure is, is what it sounds like. You basically get a bit of food and hold it in front of your dog and you lure them around by it. So they follow the food and you reward them as you do it as well. So it's not really frustrating. And there's this whole thing with uh, dog trainers and behaviorists where we want to use other ways of training. So there's other ways, there's shaping, there's using a clicker, um, there's target training, there's capturing, there's all these different ways, which I'm again, I'm not really going to go into here. And some of them are perfect and incredible for teaching lots and lots of more complicated things however I absolutely love Allure I can teach most behaviors using Allure and just to say that again if you need to use that to get your dog past something or you need to get them to distract them don't worry about using Allure don't worry that you're having to look like you're putting this bit of food in front of your dog and luring them around it's absolutely fine I still do it with Alto again I use it on those days where I just Oh, mainly it's when I'm walking along and I just don't really want to get into a, a discussion with someone uh, or I don't want Alto to meet their dog for whatever reason. Um, normally because their dog looks like they might not be keen on Alto and the owner often doesn't pick up on this. So I will use my treats that I have in my bag. I use my distraction treats and I'll use Alert to just get him past so I don't get into a situation and I don't need to train. Now, the reason this is a lazy girl's tip is because the way to, I suppose, in quotes, properly do it would be to teach your dog a cue so you would say a word and your dog would respond to that and then you move them away and then you can reward them but the lazy girl way of doing it is just luring them away so if you want to do that then you're absolutely fine you don't have to again have this thought of not ever using treats because sometimes you need them now I'm going to go back to that high value thing and say what you can also do is I freeze bits of cooked chicken and you can, I, I don't use cheese for Alto, but you can, if that's their high value thing and you don't get them loads of it and they're okay with it, then you can freeze like little cubes of cheese. And I used to do this for my classes. So I always knew that I had a stash of high value stuff that they could do. So what I would also get you to do is have a look at foods that they like that, you know, meats, chicken, things like that. Food they like that you want to keep in supply. So if you feel like you ever need anything, it's very easy to get them out of the freezer. You can use little sandwich bags, what I used to use. Get them out. They defrost quite quickly. And then you know that you've always got this supply of high value things that you need as well. Rather than always thinking, oh, I need to go to the shops to get some chicken or I need to go to the shops to get some sausage or whatever it is. Obviously, look it up. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm definitely not uh, an expert on freezing food all I know is the things that I have done that have been okay and I'm pretty sure that cheese is okay because it just loses a bit of quality but I don't think most dogs are, are bothered about that so yes another thing you can do with this high value tip is to freeze some of them so you always have a supply of food and you always have something that you can get out and use very quickly as well now I've been talking about I've been talking about treats a lot so these are my first tips but don't worry about it um the three things that I would teach every dog are a look, so get him to give you eye contact, a touch, so get him to touch your hand with their nose, and a find it, which is chucking some food on the floor and get him to find it. Now, out of these three things, every single dog will have a favorite. And once you know what your dog's favorite thing is, it is so easy to just use that. So again, rather than thinking of all these flashy ways that you need to do things, it's very easy to have one thing you know your dog responds to really well, train it, and then you can use it whenever you need to. So Alto's is look, um, he, he seems to like looking at me and then I'll reward him with a treat. But I find this very easy for 
getting him past different things and getting him out on a walk or when he's in the home and I want him to give me some attention. Now, the nice thing about these three things is they're all attention based. So you, if, you know, if you've got a dog that's got a really good sit, you could, of course, use a really good sit if you want to get their attention. But that's not so much getting to focus on you, whereas the look is getting to give you eye contact. The touch is getting to turn around, and touch your hand and the finder is getting to focus on something else. So they're focusing down on sniffing around on the floor. So out of these three things, these are my three secret weapons. I teach everybody this. I feel like if every dog knew this, life would be so much easier, um, as well as a, you know, a, a sit and, and a down, all of those things. But these are my three kind of dog trainery things that I use. So yes, choose one of those, go and teach it. And then you can use that when you need to, to get your dog's attention as well. Now I'm talking a lot about things on walks because I feel like sometimes I, that's when we just want our dogs to listen to us. And one thing that I would get you to do on walks is to have a a bag that has all the stuff in it so you don't need to worry every time you walk them about getting everything ready so I know some of you probably already do this but actually I've been when I used to go out and visit people a few years ago it would be surprising at the number of people that didn't have this and they would kind of have poo bags in their pocket and then they'd have to grab some treats and then they would be trying to get the lead and anything else whereas if you have something a specific dog bag it makes life so much easier so I've got one I think it's a Kipling bag I think I got it I mean, a shocking amount of time ago. Like it is, it's, it's going a bit threadbare, but I absolutely love it. It's been washed about a million times. Um, it's it's one of those bum bags as well. And I never thought I'd be the kind of person to wear a bum bag, but you know, here we are. Um, so, but what that's got in it is it's got, I think it's got a clicker, some poo bags, uh, it always has a packet of treats, like a pouch for the treats where they can go. So it's like a really easy treat bag as well. So I use it as like a kind of carrying around bag, but also a treat bag. And then I have, I think I have like a really thin lead in case I ever found a dog off the lead. I don't know, it seems to seems to work. And I've got um, a few other bits and pieces in there as well, actually. I usually put my phone in there as well. If I take my phone out, uh, I have that in the bag as well. So what's really easy is I can literally grab that bag, put the lead on, go. So there's no fussing, there's no gathering things around. It's always there. I just always make sure it's stocked up. Um, not very, I don't have to do it that frequently because there's quite a lot of stuff in there. But I'd definitely say if, if you can do that, oh, your life is easier. You're not having to worry about where everything is. So yeah, having a bag already ready, having those high value things. And that's why I said, get high value things in a packet if you can, because they're easy to just always have in there. So you know, you always have this in your in your, in your your reach that you can use to give to your dog. So yes, a pre-packed bag is absolutely perfect. I want you to take a minute to think about this. If you're at home with your dog or your puppy, what are they doing right at this moment? Now, they could be sat with you truly relaxed and picking up on your good vibes while you listen, or do you have that feeling that they're sat with you because they just don't know what to do with themselves? You might feel like anytime you move, they want to move with you, and you feel their eyes on you, always watching what you're doing, or always wanting more attention and just not able to entertain themselves. If this is the case, then I wanted to introduce you to Separation Anxiety School, the membership to help dogs go from clingy to confident. The best thing about this membership is that it covers you whatever stage you're at. Your dog doesn't have to have full-on diagnosed separation anxiety to join. In fact, it's perfect for preventative or early support. If your dog would benefit from being more settled, more relaxed, more confident, more independent, and you want support as a pet parent too, this is the place for you. If you're not yet a member, then it is waiting for you. It is easy to join at only £45 a month without locking you into a forward contract, which means you can leave at any time, although I am sure you'll want to stay. 
You get access to my entire separation curriculum designed for my experience as a clinical animal behaviorist, as well as any new content that I add, new masterclasses on request and community with exclusive content. So if you're interested in joining and learning more directly from myself, click the link in the show notes or go to the Dog Mum Mindset website and click separation membership to sign up. Then come and introduce yourself in the community and I am so excited to meet you and your companion. Now I'm going to talk about a few lazy girl days. So there are some times where we just cannot carry on teaching our dog. So I know this with the clients that come with me through separation. They sometimes just have days where they just can't bear facing it. And I I always liken it to things like cleaning the house. You just wake up some days, you just think, oh, I just cannot do my chores. I can't clean my house. I can't do my emails today. And I honestly think when we say, okay, that's how I feel today. And I'm going to just try and do what I need to do, but I'll do, I won't push myself today. What I normally find is the next day you wake up and you feel much more able to do it or the next weekend or the next week you'll wake up and you'll be like absolutely focused like I really want to do this and I honestly feel like that just it just helps we all have ebbs and flows and I think trying to keep the same standard every single day and be the same every single day sometimes just sets us up for failure because we just think okay I should be training these absences for my separation I need to do every single day so that's why I always say to people take these buffer days in and for our dogs we talk about having decompression walks where we don't get them to do too much stuff we don't do any training we just get them to walk we need the same for us so we need decompression days so I'd definitely say if you've got days where you wake up and you think I just can't stay I just can't do it take it easy relax on the sofa do whatever you can to just have a bit more of a calm day and know that that motivation is going to come back to you so it definitely will just do that the other thing to say is if you're finding that you just never can get any motivation for whatever you're working through so you can never get any motivation to train your dog's recall or uh train their reactivity that might be a sign that you actually maybe need some input or a different plan or something to inspire you but those days where you just think oh yeah just just have a little break your dog will thank you for it as well and there's nothing worse than trying to push your dog to do something when you really don't feel like it because it just turns into a failure and you just get frustrated. So lazy girl hack there is to take lazy days when you need them. Now, one of the other things on walks, I'm talking a lot about walks because I feel like that's where a lot of people do experience stresses. It's because you're out and about with your dog. Now with walks, one thing you can do is when you are when you have your dog, and you're letting them off the lead, then sometimes it's just nice to just have them on a long line. And I say this even for dogs who have a pretty good recall, because sometimes you just don't want to have that worry that they're going to have that day where they're just going to shoot off. So long line days can be really useful, especially this is particularly if you've got a dog, you know, when their recall's good, but they're going through a bit of a stage and they might go shooting off another dog. And you know that if you let them off, it's just not relaxing. You let them off and you're like constantly scanning around where people are sometimes just put a long line on them so you've got a little bit more control and you're not worrying about where they're going to run off to or they're going to run over to those dogs over there or it's really busy or there's people having picnics for example and you just don't want them to go over to those picnics so I would say one thing to do is when you're wanting to go for a walk and you just want to enjoy the walk and you don't need to you don't want to be worrying about where your dog's going 
is a long line can be really useful. So I actually do this with Alto. If I go walking with other people, I tend to just, unless we're going somewhere specific, I tend to just have him on a long line because I just find it so much easier to focus on the people, have a conversation with them and watch him rather than try and have it in both, my eyes on both things because I find that no one gets the best of my attention. So this can be a really nice thing. And again, it's giving yourself that grace to be able to do it. The other thing you can do is look at where there are fields that you can hire because it's such a massive thing now where you can go and get a field. And again, it's just so nice to know that they can't escape, that they are with you and and go with friends, make a thing of it, get some coffees, meet up at the field. It's such a lovely experience and your dog's gonna have a great time. And you just don't have that worry about other people being around and and other people interrupting your dog or your dog interrupting other people. So uh, hiring a field is one of my greatest tips because I just feel like it's just it's so enjoyable and it just takes that pressure off having to constantly manage and risk assess and train your dog so yes enjoy that one as well one thing you want to look at keeping in is things like a selection of kongs some towels old towels cardboard boxes a newspaper because these are such good enrichment so enrichment is great for your dog because you're giving them food and different things but it's also great for us when we want to relax so if you just want to relax sit on the sofa read a book watch tv you can fill these things up and you can kind of i would place them all around the room and just give your dog this obstacle course because a lot of the time obviously be careful just to say if your dog eats paper and cardboard then then don't use that use other things you've got to be you've got to risk assess what your dog can have but you can just let your dog go for it and because it's using up their brain energy you're not having to do that much so I really like this for when you just want to relax you don't really want to interact it's great for your dog to learn not to always have to have your your attention in doing it but it's also yeah it's a lovely thing to do when you have visitors come over as well if you've got these kind of things it just gives you it manages it basically if you've got a dog that gets very excited it manages the need to have to keep on teaching the settle or putting the lead on them or, or managing them whatever it is that you choose to do when visitors come over it's really nice to be able to say oh actually I'm going to leave the dog even in the other room with the baby gate up just for 10 minutes so we can have a conversation and it just gives you that gap in between always having to train and the reason I'm just saying all of these things is I just know a lot of people feel a lot of pressure to do lots of things that they maybe see on social media or they read about in books and it's just to say that you don't always need to do it sometimes you can give yourself a break. So talking about enrichment, another tip is that walks can be amazing enrichment for your dog anyway. I think there's a, like I said, there's a lot of pressure because we think that our dogs need to go for a walk and then come home and then have loads of brain games and then do some training and then go for a walk, which is an amazing life for a dog. So don't get me wrong. It's incredible if you're doing that with your dog. But sometimes a really good walk in itself is enrichment. If your dog is out and they're exploring they're awfully they've gone to a field they're using their mind they're meeting new people if you do that for long enough and you you think about it they're they're taking in lots of new information especially if you go somewhere new it that serves as enrichment anyway so you don't need to go for a walk and then come home and then do a ton of enrichment if you combine the two you'll find your dog will come home and they'll be absolutely knackered so a really good tip is so what i do is if i have people coming over I'll try and take Alto out for a really long walk and I'll try and go somewhere new. So it's somewhere exciting for him. He can use up his mind and I know he'll be really tired. And it sounds like such obvious advice. So I hope this is you aren't listening to this thinking, oh, of course. But 
I've worked with so many people that I know sometimes these things don't I think people get caught up in what they should be doing and so this is just to say like it's fine you can do you can do what feels good to you I remember having this conversation with someone and saying that I think a lot of people do miss the fact that walks should serve as enrichment and also our dogs don't actually need to be awake all of the time they need more sleep than we do so they shouldn't be waking up at the same time as us and then staying awake for the same amount of time as us and then going to sleep at night they need more downtime they need more sleep so walks a big long walk in the morning as enrichment and and I'm I'm talking about this as over and above what they normally get because that's going to be the really enriching part of it but doing that can sometimes cancel out the need to be doing loads and loads and loads of stuff with them later on in the day so something to think about maybe once a week go on a big long hike somewhere um, because that really helps as well I can't remember if this is tip 10 or 11, but if it's number 11, then it's a bonus one. But my last tip is to try not to walk your dog when you're in a rush, because trust me, when you try and rush your dog, and I have so much experience of this, they will walk slower. They will do something and you'll think, come on, I just need you to go. So I always say, if you're trying to reduce stress and be nice and relaxed, try to walk your dog and have lots of time. Even if sometimes they... Even the shortest walk can turn into a massive long walk if your dog has got lots of things that they want to sniff. So I would just make sure that when you walk your dog, you try not to do it where you have to walk your dog at half one because you've got something at two. Because yeah, that is a recipe for stress on both sides. If you can buffer your walks a bit more, you'll find it so much easier because you won't be, come on, you won't be going, come on, come on, you've got to move. It's just so much more relaxed. Now, I've learned this from experience. Alto is very, 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 very slow on his walks. He likes to sniff. He likes to stop. He likes to look at people. You know, he like he likes to do his own thing. And he's 10 now. I don't really mind. But I've learned that if I try and rush him and I find I'm in a massive rush, he will pick up on that. And it probably is because there's pressure on him. He will then go even slower. So I know in those situations, if I am in a rush, I'll go back to my earlier tips and I'll take out something really high value so I can really kind of encourage him along nice and quickly and reward him. And it's not a stressful experience for us both. But usually I try and just buffer them in so I'm not rushing around and I'm not kind of in that panic mode. And it means I can stay nice and relaxed for the rest of the day. So... I really hope you liked this off-the-cuff podcast episode. Um, Let me know if any of the tips have helped or let me know any of your favourite lazy girl tips because I love these kind of things. So I hope you've enjoyed it. As always, you can find me over on Instagram at dogmummindset and you can find me at www.dogmummindset.com and I have two free things that you can sign up for. So there is Sassy Separation, which is the separation guide and it's stuff that you probably haven't thought about before. And there's also the High Vibe Pound. So that is a five-day challenge, completely free, straight to your inbox. And yeah, it just makes you and your dog feel really good. So thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you.